This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. Listen to my radio show, A Tip from Gilbert. Talk, inspiration, and prayer every Monday from 11 a.m. till noon on Houston's Gospel Leader, KWWJ. 1360 AM and streaming live on kwwj.org. Listen on the legendary KYOK 1140 AM and streaming live on kyokradio.org. KCOH 1230 AM, The Source. On San Geek Radio 95.1 FM 1460 AM. And Aliento Radio 101.7 FM and 1540 AM. Call in at 832 832- 2-570-8075 and follow me on social media. See you then. I just love this song, Houston. I'm going to play a little bit of it. At the end, we're going to hear the whole thing. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia, a tip from Gilbert, a tip from me, talk, inspiration, and prayer. And we are here. This is the great, amazing Louis Armstrong. What a wonderful world. And, you know, all you got to do is listen to these words, producer, because you, you got to admit there's a God, right? Even if you don't know if there's a God in your heart, you got You just look around and you see, you see skies of blue and clouds of white. I mean, just think about that. I see trees of green, red roses, too. The bright, blessed day. And I think to myself, what? A wonderful world it is. So let's take care of it. All right, let's go ahead. We'll play it all in its end at the its entirety at the end, Mr. Producer. And what's interesting about this song? It was released in 1967, and uh, Mr. Louis Armstrong was performing that night and finished. And so then they went to record it, and they kept having trains go by, and they didn't finish till 6 a.m. the next morning. And if you're ready for this, he got $250, the union scale work, for singing this incredible song. My goodness. And it's an interesting story about it because it was a number one hit in Britain, but they didn't want to promote it in America. Well, you can probably imagine why. At the end of the day, what an incredible story. What an incredible song. And we are here with one of my guests, Miss Daisy Marine Merritt. Daisy, how are you? I'm good, Gilbert. I'm blessed. God is good. God is Happy good. Monday to you. Yeah, you know what? Because he woke us up today. Yes. Or, or, or she, he, all of them. They, God woke us up today. Yes. yes. Uh, and let me just ask you this, Daisy. In a minute, I want to play some clips. I didn't get a chance to finish everything from our uh, great barbecue that we have with the labor folks. And I do want to get a comment from you about the uh, very great uh, JRR banquet. Uh, I had the pleasure to sit with you and sit with uh, Claude Cummins and Judy Faustin and others. And it was just as packed. It was fun. Uh, But most importantly, I want to talk about Hispanic Heritage Month. Yes. um, It was in a... A great event, and I was so happy to see how many uh, people came together as a Democrat. I think we had something in common. We're um, motivating people to come out and vote. It was beautiful to see that room full of um, excited people. Yes. Um, but the Hispanic Heritage Month, it's uh, an event that we have coming up on Sunday. Uh, but, it, but it's the whole month. Uh, yeah. There's all kinds of things. We celebrate Hispanic Heritage Month from September 15 to October 15. And it's celebrating the independence of Mexico and all the countries in Central and South America. And, and it's beautiful how we are coming together this Sunday. And the event. Is it Sunday or Saturday? 
Sunday. Okay. Yeah, the 18th, this coming Sunday. It's going to be at the 6830 North Eldridge Parkway. Um, I will share this information with Mauricio so he can uh, put it on your social media. So we're inviting everyone. We're going to have food, music, and all it is, it coming together and celebrate our um, Hispanic heritage. And we can have people registering uh, folks to work to vote, to come out and vote because uh, the election is coming up. Um, the dates are, you know, the, the next week is going to be the last day to do, to register to vote. Is that right? Of, oh, my goodness. You know what no, that I'm means? Sorry. I'm sorry. Let me correct. October 11th October is 11th. the last day to register uh, people to vote. November 24th is the first day for early voting. Can you believe that? October 24th. October 24th. God, that's like around the corner. Yes. November 4th is the last day of early voting, and November 8th is election day. Okay. You know, I want to write all those down again because that was fast. Yes. I'm not so fast. October. So, so October. Wait. Go, go. November 4th is the last day for er, uh, early voting. Early vote. And what's the beginning of early voting? October 11th. October 11th. October 11th. And the last day to register to vote is? Uh, well, the last day to register to vote is October 11th. Oh, okay. So then uh, the first day early vote must be October 25th. October 24th is the, yeah, the first day of early voting. Is October 24th. Yes. Okay, and okay. November 4th is the last day of early voting. Okay. So it's kind of too many days. But, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you're doing good. You're doing I don't want to get you confused. No, well, I'm already confused, but that's okay. <laughs> <laughs> you, you already confused me, but all I know is it's, it's good. It's good. So let me come back for a second. Um, I, I want to come back to all of that. And, and I also want to talk about you immigrating here from El Salvador. I'm going to ask you about it so you can collect your thoughts. Okay. Let's go, Mr. Producer, to some of our clips already on some of our labor clips. Amen. You know what, what I heard? You know what? It sounds like a great profession. So let's say it one more time. It's important that we all go and vote. Say it with me. It's all important uh, that we do what? Do your part and, and don't be lazy and get out there. If Heck, if it takes an hour in line, fine. Suck it up. Go vote. Go vote. And we're here with Mr. Jay Malone, who's the political director of the Texas AFL-CIO. Jay, what is going on here? Please tell our listeners. We're uh, enjoying Labor Day with our union brothers and sisters. Uh, we, we have tents set up with bunch of different local unions uh, cooking barbecue um, and enjoying each other's company. Well, let me ask you this. What does the labor movement mean to you? So it's all about power. So when you are in a union, you have the, you have the power in your work life. And far too few of us actually have that. Um, when we go to work, uh, everything that's decided is from our boss. Um, when you're in a union, you have the opportunity to actually have a say in what your day looks like. And that changes everything in your life. When you have power on the job, you have power in every aspect of your life. That's what the labor movement is all about. It's growing power for people, making sure that we have a say in how our lives are structured, what happens to us, and not just not just in, in our jobs, but also in our community. That's why we're also here today, getting kicked off for the uh, November elections. Well said, let me ask you this. How much has uh, union been in your family? So my, uh, my grandfather was a pipe fitter in Dayton, Ohio. Uh, my great-grandfather was a, uh, a lineman um, so they both retired with great pensions. I remember my, uh, my grandfather retired when he was 55, um, and he died four years ago, had a pension that kept him going, was able to spend lots of time with us growing up. That's the difference. When you have that kind of security, 
you know, it makes a difference in your life, but also in everybody else's life. I was able to spend 30 wonderful years with my grandfather because of the union. That is beautiful. And you know, young people, what's very important out there is remember, get involved in your union. I think a lot of young people just think for granted that, well, unions did this and there's no more work to be done. At the end of the day, we got to always, for lack of a better word, defend the position, right? We got to always make sure we have OSHA uh, regulations, that we have the five-day work week, that we have overtime pay, that we have child labor laws, all of these things that the unions fought for, we got to toe the line. Talk, talk about young people and what can we do to sort of get them more motivated to get involved? Well, I think that, you know, it's a recognition that, you know, the union is not some third-party entity. We are the union. Uh, and ultimately, we have unlimited power when we come together. If you can trust the people that are sitting to the other sides on the job site, if you can trust that when, when you get in trouble, they're going to show up for you just like you're going to show up for them, then that's incredible power. Uh, when we're up against billionaires, we can take them down if we can trust the two people behind us to stand up when we need them. And that's what, that's what we have to recognize. You know, there's so many problems that they're facing right now that can be fixed if we trust each other and we show up for each other. And that's what the labor movement, that's what unions are all about. I love that. So I heard two things. One, we are labor and labor is us. I heard that. And the other, I heard the important word is trust. So real quick, what's the last word you want to say? How can people get involved? Is there a website or something where young people can sort of check out and learn more about the unions? You want to learn more? It's uh, we're the Gulf Coast AFL-CAO. So it's gcaflco.org. Same thing on all social media, TikTok, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, gcaflcao.com. And then that's where all of our socials are, too. Wonderful. You got to hear a tip from Gilbert with Mr. Jay Malone, the political director of the AFL-CIO. And let me tell you, He's the man with the plan. All right. A tip from Gilbert right there. So we're going to show more clips in a moment. I think Jay is just a prince. What a great guy. He's he's very articulate. He's just a good guy. You can't help but to like him. He's been in the labor movement his whole life, and it goes back in his family lineage. But I'm back here with Daisy, and I, I want to just go back, Daisy, so now that you had a little bit of time. So talk to us about this festival coming up this weekend for Hispanic Heritage Month and kicking it off. Yes, it's called Herencia Hispana. We are going to celebrate with music, food, and it is all it is is coming together as a community and celebrating our heritage. Uh, it is coming Sunday from um, noon to 10 p.m. Are there going to be a lot of people? It's going to be, uh, yes. We're expecting a lot of people there. Um, How many people are we going to have? Um, 20, like 3,000 people. No, I think we're going to have like 20,000 people, <laughs> well, but that's okay. Well, uh, we, we put the tickets the on sale. The Colombian Festival had 20,000 people. Yes. I had the a pleasure to speak to the Colombian Festival, and it was fantastic. I got to practice my Spanish, and it was wonderful. There were 20,000 people. Yes. So I got to believe this is going to be as big. It was amazing. Uh, the gentleman that puts uh, together the festival has been doing it for 20 years. Is that so, Mr. Herrera? Yeah. What a gentleman Mr. he is. Mr. Herrera. Is his Herrera, Jorge Herrera. That's his uh, name. And he's been doing that for 20 years. So every year he uh, brings us together, and, and it was an amazing event. So this event, uh, maybe it's going to be um, a little bit smaller, but we're expecting a lot of people. Wonder And good food? Yeah, well, see, we have really good food and get music. people out every time. If you get good food and music, you can't go wrong. Yes. Uh, let me go back to something else now because we're going to be having the El Salvadorian Festival. Talk about that. Yes, the Salvadorian Festival is going to be on October 23rd from noon to 10 p.m. Same thing. We're going to have music, 
food and we're gathering to celebrate the heritage for the we celebrate the independence of El Salvador on September 15 but um, this specific festival is the city just gave us a proclamation to honor the Salvadorian community you know that we have 600,000 Salvadorians living yeah. in Harris County okay. hold that thought because you know what I was amazed when you think about ethnic groups and, and sort of minority communities that have recent immigrants. Yes. Uh, Mexican is the number one. Yes. And you would think something like Vietnamese or something else would be number two. It's El Salvador. Yes. I did not know that till I looked it up. That is yes. the second largest immigrant group in the whole city and the whole Harris County. Yes. That's amazing. And why is that? What, what do you think? Well, um, 30 years ago, actually 37 years ago, there was a revolution in my country and everybody Because you're from fled. El Salvador. Yes, okay. I am from El Salvador and we fled the country. There was, uh, that was the only, uh, my parents, that was the only way that they saw to keep us alive. So we left the country. For, for me personally, it was uh, 37 years ago. Was it that bad? I mean, yeah. just describe it to us. It was really bad. Because I don't um, think a lot of us here in America can really understand when we say things like, we're giving them asylum. What's really going on? Yes. Explain it to us. Yeah, it's really easy to judge when you see people in the border trying to get into this country, but you don't know what's going on in their countries. We have a really good life. I remember having a great childhood with my parents, and my dad was a businessman, and um, and all of a sudden the army forces were fighting with the guerrillas because it, in El Salvador there was 14 families that own the entire land and the guerrillas was a group of people that came together to fight for the land and and that's how the whole thing when I, I had these memories the, that's when uh, the whole thing um, that was the beginning of the issue so the guerrillas fought the government yes. to really change all the holdings of land. Yes. And they did that. They did, they, did that. Did they succeed? Uh it took uh twelve years of wow. fighting and it was it was uh, a lot of blood was shed. It was it was ugly. It what happened really to the people? Ugly. Well a lot of people die. Um the landowners were um killed. Wow. And and then the now the land was split to um, the people that uh, do agriculture in the country. And um, then finally, after 12 years, they find they signed peace agreements. But it after at that point, like three million people already left the country. Wow. Yeah. And that was including my family. And let me ask you this. Did you, if this is a, a too personal question, I apologize. Did you lose any friends? Did you, did you, did, do you know of people who were yes. killed in this war? Yes. Ever? It got really ugly, Gilbert. We saw a lot of people being killed in front of our own eyes. Um, I lost cousins. They cousins? Were, yes. They were in the army. If you were in the army, the guerrillas will come and kill you. And if you were with the guerrillas, the army come and kill you. So it was, uh, it was a very difficult time. I lost a lot of family members and friends in my community. Wow. And my parents didn't see a way out just to leave the country and wow. to keep us alive. And for me, that's been 37 years. Do you remember? Yeah, it's, it's been very painful. Uh, it took many, many years to get out of the nightmares. I had a lot of nightmares. Um, seeing people being killed, it's, it's a very painful situation. I couldn't talk about it 
you know, back then, but now with time and um, things got better and I'm excited to see what President uh, Najib Bukele is doing in our country now. Uh, but it is, it was very painful. So when the El Salvadorian, El Salvadorian people immigrated to the U.S., were they given citizen status? Yes. Well, United States got involved because the army forces were losing the battle. And the United States gave us a lot of um, – they went in and trained the military people, we, and they gave us army um, – Supplies. Personnel yeah. Yeah. and supplies and helicopters and and um, they got involved and uh, because of that they help a lot of people to get out of the country. They were pulling people out of because there was a lot of bombings going on in different parts of the country. So what they did is they went into the small little towns and pull people out of the flames and the um, and the revolution and got us out of there in and, helicopters. And when you really? Yes. And when you arrived in the U.S., were y'all given asylum? Were you given um, citizenship or yeah. no? Or do you have dual well, citizenship? Well, what they did is they gave us work permits. Okay. Yeah. They gave us work permits because what was happening in our country, uh, they let us, they allow us to go to school. And then after two years, we were able to get a permanent residency. And then five years later, Later, we were giving you a citizenship. Wow. Yeah. How wonderful. Yes. Well, let me ask you this. So have you visited the country since? Well, for uh, 37 years, I didn't go. Uh, and I just went back with you last you know, year. I <laughs> love well, this year. I mean, the people were so friendly. Yeah. The beach is beautiful. What a yeah. beautiful country. It is. It's hard for me to go to El Salvador like I did and to imagine that there was like open warfare and everybody and all this action going on. I mean, it's, it's just hard to imagine. Just like when I look in Ukraine, it's hard to imagine that in this society and today that people are destroying beautiful churches and beautiful yeah. buildings and, and killing people and, and blowing up hospitals. Uh, it's just hard to imagine that. Yes. You know, we had these beautiful breaches and, and, um, and everything was destroyed. Power lines, power towers, everything. The whole country was in bravos at the end of the uh, 12 years of revolution. And um, a lot of countries pulled and, and helped to, uh, build it up. And uh, it's been 37 years. And now wow. I was so happy to go back this year yeah. and see all the great things that are happening. Do you still have family there? Yes. Oh, I do. how beautiful that you were able to reconnect with them. Yes. Uh, I still have family. But the great thing that um, God has been good to me, I was able to go um, to work here and bring my mom, my sister, my nephew. Everybody's here. Oh, how yes. wonderful. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Right. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? And thank the United States. States of America, the United yes. States government, yes. right, for stepping in and, and trying to get innocent people uh, a chance at life. Yes. That's what it's all about. Yeah. Let's go back because I think we – let's let's play another clip here from our wonderful Labor Barbecue. Remember, the Labor Union has a barbecue to celebrate Labor Day every year. It's a wonderful event on the past We're returning Union. to our inspiration prayer. And I feel like I know this lady, Angela. Angela. And her family knows my daughter and my sons and everything. What a small world. I know. I mean, how did that happen? I don't know. We all went to Corpus Christi and the kids were young. The Catholic school. Yes, Catholic school. And now my son is at St. Thomas High School. Great place. He loves it. And I know your sons went there or go there. And last October, his date was Eva and your daughter was riding with us. And I, I remembered her face and I kept saying, Aiden. 
what was her name? And he was like, if I, he goes, mommy, you know, that's Mr. Garcia's daughter. And I was like, well, how come you didn't tell mommy? Yeah. You know, because by that time I'm in the middle of running for the primary. And so it was just it was a weird coincidence. Amazing. You know, and my daughter runs my life, of course. There are four children, and I know they're all probably listening. I love you all equally, but my daughter runs my life. I don't know why. But let's go back to you. So you decided to run. What made you sort of take this big leap? I decided to run because I had, I recognized certain things going on. At this, this particular court was not connecting with the community at all. Everything was being done by Zoom. It was leaving a lot of people um, at disenfranchised communities that don't have access always to laptops or iPhones to participate in their court hearings. A lot of them were getting dismissed. And so at that point, I had to make a decision. I've been working for the Office of the Attorney General for 27 years as a, an attorney for the Child Support Division. I practiced family law prior to that with uh, legal aid. So I've always been in public service. Well, you are prepared. I think so. Heck, yeah. And, uh, well, tell me, what uh, court are you running for? It's the 245th. And, but but it's, it's, it's uh, explain to our listeners out there the differences, like this court versus others. This court is just designated for family court matters, meaning divorce, children, sapsers, annulments, all the stuff that, you know, really is kind of highly emotional. Other courts are criminal. Then you have other courts that are civil. And so, but they don't do divorces or family issues. So. Wonderful. Well, let me ask you this. What is your website? I want to make sure people know how to reach you. What's your website and how do they reach you if they want to make a contribution or volunteer? Absolutely. They can go to voteangelalancelin.com. It's Angela, A-N-G-E-L-A dot Lancelin, L-A-N-C-E-L-I-N.com. End of church. Let's get let's get a close-up on that shirt. So, Angela, I so appreciate you and the connection and everything else. I'm going to tell my daughter it's going to be great fun when I see her. Thank you. All right. I know we have a caller already. Do we have a Pam Medina on? I am on. Pam, Hi, how, how are, are you doing? Morning. Is this I'm the Pam that I know, my favorite Pam? Yes. What I'm are you doing? <laughs> tell us what I'm you're good. doing. Tell us, tell us what's going on. I know you're on the campaign trail. What is happening right now in your oh. life? It's exciting. We are out block walking every single weekend and sometimes during the week. Um, of course, working on all of my campaign. I'm having two events coming up September 29th uh, and then one on October 20. I'm um, sorry, October 6th. So trying to get all my media, my literature for the block walking and for my events, calling my donors, calling my friends, neighbors, everybody. Just we need that money to come in. Uh, we need the support volunteer support as well or as well as donor well, support Pam, have you worn, have you worn out a pair of tennis shoes yet i've already i'm on my second pair <laughs> there you go killed me my first pair that, some, uh, that's how you know you're working that's how you know you're exactly. working well pam I'm tell us pictures of them tell us real quick what are you running for okay i am running pamela medina for probate court Number two in Harris County, so it's everybody in Harris County that I'm having to go out and ask for votes. It's all of Harris County um, probate court. And There's four probate courts in Harris County, so I'm asking for uh, your vote for number two. So let us give give us some give me some. Remember that movie um, Dodgeball. When he said, uh, let me hit you with some knowledge. Well, I, I, want, I want you to hit me with some knowledge. So what is a probate? What does a probate court mean? Okay, so there are three main areas that probate court matters are that are heard in the probate court. Probate 
deals with the death of a, of a person and dealing with distribution and procurement of their assets. So somebody passes away, you know, how do we pass the house? How do we pass the bank account? How do we pass the IRA to the heirs? And sometimes you're dealing with a person with a will. Sometimes you're dealing with a person without a will. Sometimes you're dealing with a person with a very small estate. Sometimes you're dealing with a person who has managed or planned in a way that they're not actually having to go to probate the probate court. They've been able to manage in contract in a way that allows them not to have to go through the court systems. So it's a different, a, a whole lot of different ways to probate somebody's estate. Well, let me ask you That's this. One. If, if there's a will, then there's really not a lot of dispute. Is that a fair statement? No. <laughs> no. Oh, my goodness. Just, oh, my God. Just when I thought I had it made, uh, I got to figure right. it out. So tell me. So then if there's a will, I guess someone could dispute the will. They can. That's called a will contest. I see. It can happen. Oh, my it God. Let me happen. just be quiet. Let me just hit okay. me with some more knowledge. Go, go. You go. So that that's one area, probate. And then a second area is guardianship. So that's when somebody is either a minor or incapacitated. So a minor may be a child who doesn't have either parent. A guardianship may, may need to be created Ooh. for that child. Well, will need to be created as well as you, if you have a, and I see this often, I work with a lot of PI attorneys. Um, you have an adult uh, with a catastrophic injury, let's maybe say a tra traumatic brain injury, that person is going to need a guardianship to take care of their person as well as their estate possibly um, because they can't take care of those things. So guardianships are also appointed as well as ensure that that person is in need of a guardianship. The court has to you know, go through the protocol to ensure that that person actually needs a guardianship. And then the last thing is trust drafting. So anytime I'll go back to the same example, you have an adult injured TBI, you know, tra traumatic brain injured person. Well, obviously they can't manage their money. So the court can create a trust to allow them to um, have a corporate trustee manage their money. And then the person that was named as their guardian of the person manage the, manages kind of the day-to-day. -day. So the judge also will create the trust as well as appoint a corporate trustee. You know, and that also is my background. You know, all I, all I heard this whole time was when I hear the, the common words, family, uh, you know, um, money, children, yeah. Or caretaking, yeah. I think, oh my God, lots of emotion, right. lots of lots mm -hmm. of confusion and lots of hurt right. feelings. I, I, am I am I labeling it right? I mean, I can imagine the court, family members and fighting and all that. Am I right. do, do I have the right image? You are right on a target. That's exactly one of the reasons why I feel like I'm the best candidate. I, uh, you have to have the compassion, mm. kindness, and the patience to work with those families and what they're dealing with. And to also just understand that family dynamic. And when one person is being named as an executor, sometimes that causes hurt feelings. Um, but of course, when they're obviously written out of a will, uh, that's going to cause. And so, and also just the guardianship, knowing that, you know, a family member has lost their ability to take care of themselves. And once you place them under a guardianship, they have lost their civil liberties. So as a judge, we have to be very, very uh, mindful of the fact of what they are losing and making sure we're, you know, uh, 
following proper proto protocol to make sure that their civil liberties well, are. I love the word compassion because, my goodness, what we need is more compassion. Yes. To really, it's, it's kind of like before you rule, imagine yourself walking in their shoes, right? Absolutely. And if you, if you flip it like that, maybe you'll make more sensitive uh, verdicts or decisions or whatever the right term right. is. I think that's wonderful, Pam. Well, Pam, how did you Thank get involved you. in all this in the first place? I mean, when, when there was a young Pam and there was one time, of course, you're very, <laughs> you're very young now, of course, but I mean, when, when there was a very young, young baby Pam, uh, baby Pam, did you just say one day, you know what? I think I'm going to be a judge. I mean, how did this all happen? It's a whole lot of different things. I grew up knowing that I, 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 I unfortunately I didn't come from a very, um, privileged background. And I remember as a very young child thinking there were two ways to have power in society, one money and the other is the law. So that, that pulled me, you know, not just the aspect of power, but the power to do for others, the power to be that voice for somebody who doesn't speak English, who, mm -hmm. you know, unfortunately only got an eighth grade education, et cetera. I mean, and kind of describing, you know, some of my family members. So mm -hmm. that, Empathy and by the way, some of mine too. So keep going. <laughs> right, right. Just that empathy and compassion, you know, and then the fortunate, you know, God given, you know, talent that I was given to be able to, uh, you know, I grew up in the GT program here in Houston. I went to University of Texas at Austin. I went to uh, Thurgood Marshall School of Law, graduated with honors, you know, just having that talent and ability. I've always felt and I, I know it's biblical as well. It's scripture as well as just many people speak of it. Barbara Jordan, she says, if you are given the opportunity and it is an opportunity to lead and serve, make sure you do something good with it. And I have given that opportunity, you know, to run for a judge. I actually garnered 65 percent of the, the Harris County vote in my primary. So wow. I, I have, at this point, I've got an opportunity to do for others. And so that is a part of who I am. I serve as a regent at Texas Southern University. I serve on the board of the Houston Bar Association, and I've co-chaired the DEI committee where we help students become interns at law firms wow. uh, you know, from marginalized communities. So I'm always giving back. That's just who I am. It's it's my daughter, my, my daughter, my mom took me when we weren't, you know, very wealthy ourselves, would take me on weekends and we would go do for families. How and wonderful. We would, you know, hand out, you know, food or whatever it was or counsel. And so I have both. I have a dad that's extremely civically involved, uh, you know, came up here in the 60s and 70s. And then I have a mother who's very, very uh, prayer, prayerful. So I think those two things combined um, is, is, is who I am. I, you know what? I did so, not know you were a regent at TSU, so congratulations. And I did not, you. I did not know you, all your work with the bar uh, and the oh, DNI yeah. efforts. So congratulations oh, yeah. there too. How many Thank interns you. do y'all? How many interns do y'all do? I think we, I think we placed close to maybe thirty. Last oh, how summer. great! And it's amazing because they get an eight-week internship at a law firm who now, obviously, will you know, look to them for hiring. It's in the summer from law school. It's in the summer. It's HBA 
summer internship and we also do cis and i was on the cis committee which is communities and schools before i was on the di dei well, let's, and what the cis let, do is the high school students well let's say i'm a young kid so a young student give me the um website where if i want to get an internship at a at a big law firm and this and i have no parents that know things you know what's what's the sure. what's the website do you have that handy i do go ahead org. And then you'll go into the, um, there should be committees and go to the community, I'm sorry, the DEI, Diversity, Equity, Inclusion Committee. Click on, there should be a form. Um, and we also connect with all three of the law schools, Thurgood, U of H, as well as South Texas. And we connect with their career placement division and we make sure every summer they are part of every single meeting. I think that, that is great. So, so parents, if you heard that, please listen. There are things, there are avenues. Look what the Hispanic Bar is doing. There's there's avenues to get our children exposure to these great places and, um, and these great internships. And, and is it paid, Pam? Absolutely. And if they're paid. $3,500. They get paid $3,500. Wow. Oh, my goodness. That's good. There you go. So you heard it here first. Pam, before we sign off, give us give us your uh, your whole thing, your website or, you know, all sure. that so people can reach you and find out sure. more about your stuff. Thank you. Thank you so much for this opportunity as well. I was very excited to call in today. So Pamela Medina for probate judge. My website is PamelaMedinaCampaign.com. Of course, I'm on Facebook. Uh, Pamela Medina campaign, um, Instagram, Twitter, uh, Twitter, it's Pam for judge because it's a little smaller having an event September 29th at 800 commerce. Anybody is welcome. Um, again, Pamela Medina campaign.com is my website. I appreciate any donations. Obviously, um, takes a lot of money to, to make this happen. Again, I, I garnered 65% of the vote, and it's because of all the donors. It's because of all the volunteers. So I'd love to work with others. And I also ended up at the end of my primary with 18 endorsements. Ooh. So I do a lot of the work. Yay, look at this. Studio, the studio audience that. likes that. Yeah, 18 out of I think there's only about 21. Woo. So I was, I'm out there working. I'm, I'm a hard worker. You know, I grew up. <laughs> I, I don't know the math Watching there, but you know what? That's a heavy, high percentage, right? Yes, well, really high. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Pam, really we're, we're going to sign off. And listen, I really okay. thank you for calling. I hope you call in again. Absolutely. That's Pam Medina. She's running for judge. You know what? She is top notch. Thank you, Pam, for calling in. Thank you, Gilbert. You're Talk welcome. Soon. We have Take another care. caller. You you got it. We have another caller. Is there a Catherine there? Is there a Catherine there? Is there a Catherine there? Catherine, you got me? I think we may have lost Catherine. How about, is there a Luis there? Luis. Okay, I think we lost you too. That's okay, because we're going to go back to some more of the Labor Barbecue. And you're here with me. I have a show, Talk, Inspiration, and Prayer, Gilbert Garcia. You're going to be talking to five radio stations and all over social media, all over the USA and the world. So let me ask you this. How long have you been a plumber? 15 years. 15 years. And what has it meant for you in your life? Uh, it's been a whole lot now that uh, I've been a plumber. 
before my brother-in-law tried to get me in back uh, way back in the days and I just didn't budge and now I look at life differently. Beautiful. And do you, has labor been in your family before? Yes, it has. Tell me about that. My dad was, uh, he was a city worker. He worked in the refineries and he worked, went to work for the city, uh, what was it, Department of Sanitary? Yep. So. Amen to him for all the work that he did. Well, thank you very much. And have you had any great barbecue yet? Yes, sir. Let's go. We're always here uh, giving great barbecue here. Well, really, tell, talk to the camera and, and let me just say, hear you say, make sure you go vote. Make sure you go vote. Amen. You heard it here first. Bam. All right. You're back here with me. Talk, inspiration, and prayer. This is Gilbert Andrew Garcia. And I've got Miss Beverly Armstrong here. Beverly's a good friend of mine. Beverly, what is going on with you? You're running, and what are you running for? Tell the public. I'm running for judge of the 208th Criminal District Court in Harris County. And what does that mean when you talk about judges and things? What does it mean, the criminal court versus all the other courts? Well, this 208 is a criminal district court. This particular court handles all of your major crimes, your, your murders, your aggravated assaults, your robberies. These are crimes where people have, are looking at life in prison, five to 99 years. I mean, this is the big crimes that we're talking about in this court. Oh, my goodness. And, and what are you by training? I am a prosecutor by training. I've been prosecuting for 16 years, working hard to protect people in the county, making sure that everybody is safe and that we control our crime, keep our crime down, and protect our communities. That's is what that what you're hearing on the campaign trail? Is crime like the biggest issue? What's the biggest issue out there on the campaign trail? I think the biggest issue is protect our communities, protect, uh, protect our families from these guns, protect our children from gun violence. That is the biggest issue as far as from the criminal standpoint. And then also women's rights, women's reproductive rights. That's a big issue. We need to make sure that we're protecting our women our children, our families. Amen. So let me ask you this. When you're there with a the district attorney, I mean, what's it like working in the district attorney's office? Well, it's never a dull moment. You'd be surprised <laughs> what things are really happening out in the world. Um, there are some very dangerous people out there, and they really need to be stopped. So, but there are some people that just need help. There are some people that they're just having a hard time financially or whatever, and they need help. They don't need prison. They need help. So that's why I like to collaborate with different organizations to have help with rehabilitation, to help with job skills, to help with educational opportunities. We need to educate and give people an opportunity to progress and become productive. I like that, the concept of some people are dangerous and some people need help. I really like that. A second chance, so to speak. Exactly. You have to have an open mind. You have It can't be one shoe fits all. You have to look at everything that's in front of you and make the justice fit the needs of the party involved. So that's my philosophy. Well, give me your whole thing. What's your website and everything so people can reach you and try to either volunteer or contribute and everything else? It's BeverlyArmstrongForJudge.com. Beverly Armstrong for the 208 Criminal District Court. Vote strong, Beverly Armstrong. Vote strong, Beverly Armstrong. You heard it here first. I wish I had made that up, but I didn't. Vote strong, Beverly Armstrong. Thank you for being on the show. <laughs> Daisy, I mean, you know, that was you know, we need something. If I ever run, you know, and who knows, I might be running. You know, I just need something clever. A like slogan, that. yes. Yeah, I mean, you vote strong, vote Beverly Armstrong. <laughs> yes. Uh, we got that caller back. Is that Kath is Catherine on the line? Yes, that's me. Sorry. Well, the Catherine must have dropped or something. It's probably on me. This is Gilbert Garcia. You have me. A tip from me. Talk inspiration prayer. I'm with Miss Daisy Marin, who is the president of the texas democratic women's and she's also doing just like everything around here but what you got Catherine? 
Well, I just had a question regarding uh, Hispanic Heritage Month. So uh, I was wondering, you know, as a young Hispanic person myself, are there any opportunities like for people like me to get involved in helping the community or like different organizations to get involved with? Go, yes, go for it. yes, absolutely. I mean, I mean, go for it, Daisy. Yeah, we're, we're both like, what well, you go, you go. No, I go. No, you go. <laughs> yes, there is opportunities. Uh, we are going to share uh, my phone number so you can call me. You, you can come and help us um, on the he, he, come help at the festival. Yes, we at got the, the festival. We got the uh, Hispanic, Hispana. Yep, and then we've got the El Salvadorian. Yeah, and you know, there's many churches. There's so many great churches that serve the Hispanic community that are constantly doing food giveaways and yes. other things of that nature you know there are so many great latino organizations whether it's lulac they're fighting for mm -hmm. for rights whether it's the gi forum which is always doing great work there's just so many things latino learning center yes they're all out there so why don't we get what's your number that people can reach you at my number is 832-994-5553 please hey. call me you can come and work at the festivals and we are going to register people to vote Come register people. So let's go back. 832-994-5553. I could not remember that ever, but but it's a, <laughs> it, but uh, I'll just have to write it down. But hopefully, Catherine, that made sense to you, and I hope you get involved. So, yes, yes. Thank, uh, thank you so much for you're, me and letting me know. Well, you just join us, please. All right, I'm going to go to the next caller. Thank you, Catherine. Is there a Luis Rodriguez? Luis Luis. Luis, we are you there? Luis. Is Luis there? Yes, sir. Luis, you got me, Gilbert Garcia and Daisy. What you got, pal? Oh, man. I just calling you to say hi to you guys. I was listening to you. Uh, and um, to be honest, I got excited every time I hear a good news from El Salvador and a lot of. Uh, that you have honestly it's really really nice to have well Luis that's wonderful are, are you from El Salvador that's correct yes I am from El Salvador and uh, I hope they treat you well when you went over there oh let me tell you I loved it and it's interesting because it's such a, I don't know the right word, warm, opening country that I yes. met with diplomats. I met with so many different people. And the word is, and I know people are trying, and maybe it's not, maybe I'm not supposed to say the word, but I think the president is looking to maybe come here. Uh, I hope or, so. Yeah, or some of the presidents. Yeah or, some of the, yeah, or some of the president's senior people. And at the end of the day, he's very young. He's very vibrant. And I think that's exactly what they need in El Salvador to really, you know, improve things and, and quality of life and everything else. But tell me something, Luis. So when was the last time you were there? Oh, 19 years ago. 19. Oh, wow. So when did you leave, sir? I lived when I was 20 and I came to the United States, uh, you know, running from, from the gang. And so I never wanted to go back, to be honest, because of the way that the that our country was was uh, um, doing, but all of a sudden we had a, this guy Bukele coming up to uh, being a, as a president, and it started changing everything. And to be honest, I'm one of those persons that want to go back. Amen. But no, because it's uh, it's it's overwhelming the way that uh, that we look at we look at our country how it's changing. I mean, it's really nice and. 
and the way that you were talking with Daisy, that you guys went over there and you took it, uh, uh, you know, an ex different experience, uh, it makes me want to go badly, to be honest. Yeah. Hopefully soon I will go over there. And so that's what we're waiting for, you know, and God and God will. Amen. Well, you know what? I, I will tell you, it was wonderful. And the people are warm. I went to a few churches. I did a show from over there. And then I had another entrepreneur over there on one of my other shows just because I was so, I was just so, I don't want to say impressed because that doesn't sound right. I was so excited about it all. Um, yeah, because they, they, they tell you uh, one history and then when you come and, and you see something different, it's kind of a, a, a different emotions in the moment, right? That's exactly right. Well, Luis, let me ask you this. I hope you make it to the El Salvadorian Festival. Do you have those details? What's the date on that, Daisy? October 23rd. October 23rd. It's going to be packed. Yes, we will be there. Oh, how we'll wonderful. I'm calling uh, my friends and my people, telling them that uh, to go over there. And also in my, my social media, I'm showing them... Uh, what to do and to go over there. Well, well, let's give a shout out to your social media. Tell us what that social media is so we can maybe get you some more followers and likers and all those things. It's a Dynac Auto Broker. Say that one more time. What auto broker? Yeah, Dynac. Dynac Auto Broker. D Y N A T. Oh, Dynac Auto Brokers. That's correct. Got it, got it, got it. Well, what do you want to say to Houston? You're talking to all of Houston right now. Well, I mean, you you tell, tell us. To visit our country. Uh, now that is the chance uh, to meet uh, with really good people, re, uh, meet uh, a country that is uh, making changes. You know, it's excited to see how it was before and how it's going to be in the future. So if you go right now, you will have that transition, you know, that to see how everything is changing uh i mean and please please uh give that opportunity to el salvador luis thank you so much for calling in you can't see it right now but earlier my producer was doing dancing a jig or something over there you know because you know he, he's a good dancer believe it or not and uh no luis i really thank you for calling in my friend and uh hopefully we'll see you at the el salvador if you see me would you please come up to me i will definitely will thank you my thank friend you please please call in again we have another caller. Is there Mr. Claude Cummings on the line? Mr. Claude Cummings. The Claude Cummings. Is there Mr. Claude Cummings on the line? Maybe we lost Mr. Claude Cummings. He's, hey, he's, Gibbon. Are you there, Mr. Cummings? I'm, I'm here, Gibbon. How are you? Claude, how are you doing? Man, doing fine, fine, fine. Just it, wanted to, to thank you and, and Daisy for allowing me to sit at your table at the at the uh, Johnson Rayburn Richards dinner. That was really great. I really do appreciate it. And I also want to thank you for going out on Labor Day and interviewing those those labor leaders, man. I, people forget sometimes what what Labor Day is all about. Yeah. And it you know it's it's it, you know it's about the things that people enjoy on a daily basis like weekends without work, breaks at lunch, vacation time, sick leave, eight hour work day. All those things happen because of labor. I mean I've got a list of about forty of them I could go through, but uh, but 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 people are enjoying those things every day because of the work that the labor movement has done over the years. So I thank you for thinking enough of labor to go out and interview some uh, uh, some of our leaders. And the final thing I want to say is, please, 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 we've got a surge of registration, voter registration that's taking place in the state. October 11th is the last day to register to vote. 
uh, in this election cycle. So please, please, please register. I'm really happy with what I see some of the news stations uh, uh, doing, uh, encouraging people to get out and vote. And it's so important. Um, I know that it's an old saying that that this is the most important election of our lifetime. But to be honest with you, this, this is the most important election of our lifetime. This may very well be. Yes. You know, Claude, it's interesting. First of all, I appreciate your comments. The answers, you're, you're welcome. We, you know, it's important about labor getting the word out. And I really think a lot of young people, it's the young people that need to recognize the role labor played in their lives today. All these efforts and all the struggles that happened in the, frankly, at the turn of the century, last century, uh, in the 30s and 40s and 50s, and, you know, they just don't remember the origin of all the things they benefit from today. So I think it's critical that they get involved in their union and support the union. And going, I, I, go ahead. No, no, I was going to say, and you, and you're right. And part of the reason, uh, Gilbert, is, is we don't talk about, and I'm talking about labor leaders, don't talk about the things that we've done over the years to make it easier for people to uh, to have the benefits that they have today, uh, like work, workman's compensation laws, parental, pregnancy and parental leave, military leave, the right to strike, public education. I mean, labor was behind a lot, whistleblower protection laws. Labor was behind a lot of the things that uh, that people are enjoying on a daily basis. Well, and, and you we know, don't talk, we don't brag enough about it. That's right. Here's another one I'll, I'll throw in. You know, college today, is unbelievably expensive. I mean, you you can't even right. imagine, Claude. How you know when I went to college, I went to Yale. I think it was like eight thousand dollars, and that was all the money in the world to me. And I had to borrow. I had to do anything possible. I had to work because I had no support from my parents or my family because they 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 couldn't. And now Yale is about ninety thousand dollars all in. Right. I mean, can you imagine that? A young person like me, if I if young Gilbert were going today. Coming out of four years with almost four or five hundred thousand dollars of debt, what in the heck am I going to do to pay that off? So right. at the end of the day, the great thing about unions is there are avenues for really good-paying jobs with great benefits because college may not be for everybody. And so I really think that we're, we also miss that point too, Claude. No, no, you're right. I've got high schoolers that are coming out and getting hired on with AT and T. And making a hundred thousand dollars a year. See, there you go. Overtime, there you with go. Overtime, right? And 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 that's um, and and so you're so right. You know, I've I've raised four children. Two of them have two college degrees. Two of them said, "Dad, college is not for me." But I've been able to get them on good union jobs with good uh, good benefits uh, and good wages. And so you're exactly right. Uh, you know, we need to talk more about it because there are avenues to making a good living, even though you may not have a college degree. And one of them is on a good union job. And that's why we're fighting so hard in Congress to pass the PRO Act. So uh, it'll be easier for unions to uh, to organize in the workplace and um, and and you know, and improve the wages and benefits that those workers are, are making. And, you know, Claude, I have toured some of these training facilities. Uh, I have toured two of them now. And they're incredible. I have toured the one... Um, that the building trades do, where they have like uh, the the electrical stuff, mm -hmm. they have it, uh, they have it all there. And then I have toured the one with the elevator union. Um, this is sophisticated stuff, and they teach you, they train you, and while you're training and being taught, you're you're getting paid. Uh, I mean, that's right. And it's a it's a trade. I had one of the speakers earlier. It's a trade that'll be with you forever. 
Right. You know, I mean, you know, when you do electrical working or a, a pipe fit or something, it's a trade that'll be with you forever. So I Definitely. just think that um, I, I'm so glad that you called in, Claude, and we were able to um, make some of these comments. And what's going on at the church there? Anything that you want to say? Any shout out about anything going on? Oh, oh man, just, you know, shout out to Pastor Cummings, the Victory International Church. This Friday at 8 o'clock, we're going to be giving away food twice a month. We give away food at the, the Vic uh, at 170 Rittenhouse, 77. 076 and um uh you know we want you to come by uh you don't you don't need to bring anything just come by and fill out some documentation that we have that's very simple name address how many in your family and then you can leave with uh with some food and, and so we're doing that two fridays in a row and i have been to the church there ladies and gentlemen it's a wonderful church really yes. it's big it's beautiful. It's high tech. Pastor Cummings is young. He's vibrant. Uh, it, it's a great message, especially for young people. Uh, right. Boy, I love my Catholic church, and and I really do. But I'm going to say something here, and I, nobody get mad at me, especially you know Father Tom. But you know what's the problem with the Catholic Church is the priests are all very, they're seniors. They're in their 70s and 80s, and they're not connecting with the young people. And that's where I think Pastor Cummings is really so special because he's connected with the young people. Yeah, he, he, he's very unique in his delivery. And, of course, you know, he, he doesn't, uh, you know, require the type of dress that some traditional churches uh, require. And, um, and and I think, you know, more and more younger people are listening to his messages online and, and beginning to visit. So I'm, I feel like he's going to have a real successful uh, ministry you know, in the coming weeks. Well, we're going to have him on the show. I, I've had him come call, call a couple of prayers. We're going to have him again. Mr. Claude Cummings of the uh, right. CWA, thank you for calling in, sir. Right, man, keep up the great work, man. Great show with a lot of great information. So so thank you for all of the information that's, that's shared. Thank you. Uh, really thank you, thank you for that. Yes, sir. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. We're going to fit in another caller here. Is there a Jordan on the phone? And by the way, God, we're almost out of time. Yes, sir. Dave, I didn't even get a chance to talk to you. Yeah. It's... But, but that doesn't mean that I don't, you know, care about you because I do. Let's go back to Jordan. Jordan, where are you? Jordan. Jordan. Is there a Jordan on the phone? Yes. Jordan, Hello. what do you got for me? Hi, so I had a question for you and Daisy. Go for it. So I guess this is going to go back to the traveling and visiting other countries like El Salvador, Mexico, Costa Rica. So having never been to those countries and wanting to travel, you know, some people, they'll say it's dangerous or you have to be careful. So how do you go about traveling um, to those countries and wanting to experience the culture? What's funny about that statement, some people think, I don't want to travel to Houston. It's dangerous. <laughs> so, so it's just one of those things where danger, I guess, is like beauty. It's in the eye yes. of the beholder. But one thing's for sure. Um, these countries are very inviting. They want tourism. Yes. They want, you know, the, the currency. They want you to come spend money, of course. And so they do lots of things to cater to tourists. Yes. And there are many different ways to do it. One is the old-fashioned, well, I'm just going to look up a flight, and I'm going to get a hotel reservation, and I'm going to go. Another is to get a travel service that can book you all the different things that you're going to do. And what's interesting is United Airlines, it's not a plug for United Airlines, but they have so many, well, I guess it's going to sound like direct flights to El Salvador, to all the countries you Mm -hmm. mentioned. Mm -hmm. Even Southwest goes to Mexico now. And so at the end of the day, I encourage you, because one of the beautiful things about this world, whether it's the Internet, whether it's social media, it's making the world a 
lot smaller. Yes. And that's a beautiful thing because really there's only one race and that's the human race. And the more we get to travel and understand each other and understand each other's cultures, the mystery of it all and the worry of differences of it all goes away. Yes. And then it's just as a much better world and a much better society. Anything you want to add to that, though, to tell Jordan? You know, uh, going to El Salvador, United, we are the fly is only two hours from right? here. Right, two hours. Yes, and it's easier to go there than Los Angeles. Yes, and the minute you arrive, people are so friendly. Sometimes the media they say a lot of things, but when you go there, people are super friendly. Yep. Uh, you can walk around. Every, we never had any issues. Do, do you feel unsafe oh, when you I were there? I didn't feel unsafe one moment, and I didn't feel the need to have, you know guards and everything and this and that and and you know i mean shoot hit here in texas i mean there are people you don't know they could be carrying a gun yeah i mean you know it's not like that over there so i think when you put it into perspective the answer will reveal itself which is try to go jordan thank you for calling in i'd love to talk to you more but you know what we're out of time already i don't know what happened i want to play that wonderful song again what a wonderful world and again it was written and the original writer, one of them, wanted it to be a very upbeat song. And when they did it real slow, he said, I'm not going to promote it. And he, he didn't want to do it and this and that. At the end of the day, now it's a worldwide classic. Let's play it, producer. Beautiful. I see trees of green, red roses too. I see them blue. And I think to myself, what a wonderful wonderful world. Wow. Beautiful. I wish I wrote that. (laughs) I see skies of blue. Dark sacred night. Dark sacred night. Yes. To myself. What a wonderful world. Not only do I wish I wrote it, I wish I could sing. But it's not going to stop me. Here we go. The colors of the rainbow. So pretty in the sky. I love this line. Are also on the faces of people going by. How beautiful. They'll learn, learn much more than I'll never know. Just like our kids today. Yes. What a wonderful world. What a wonderful world. And you know, it's only like a two-minute song, but it's so powerful. That's the great Louis Armstrong, ladies and gentlemen. And again, he uh, did the Hello, Dolly. He made that uh, a big, big hit, and that's what led him to then now sing this song. Back in 1967, I was four years old. 
Wow. Four years old. Beautiful. Uh, and I remember that song because it's been in movies. It's been on other shows. It's been everywhere. I think we have a minute or two. So I'm going to give that time to you, Daisy, because I want to ask you again. When you were growing up, did you say to yourself, I'm going to start a new life in America and I'm going to be you know, doing all these wonderful things and I'm going to be the first Hispanic woman, well, you're, of course, woman, but Hispanic, head of the Texas Democratic Women's. Did you think that when you were young, Daisy? Um, In El Salvador, when you were, you know, young girl? Well, I used to read a lot of books, and I used to love reading the international news. Mm. So I knew I wanted to travel, but uh, no. And I think that because of what happened to me and the way my grandmother was, she uh, she was a community activist, and, and I learned a lot from her. And um, and that's why I when I came here, I got involved and I'm always about helping people. And uh, I want to thank you, Gilbert, for all the things that you do in the city, because I see you doing the food drive, helping people in the community. And uh, you're such an inspiration to me. And I wanted to tell you that Sunday we went to the church and we did a prayer for your daughter because she it was her birthday. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so we pray for her. And um, God is good when you get back. You, it's like uh, you get back a yes. hundred times yes. more. Yes. Some people say, "Yeah, well, you do all these things. Why do you? Why do I do it? Because it's beautiful." And the faces I see of people, the things we do, and people say, "God, you did all these things with your kids. Why do you do it?" You know, I did it for me because I don't want to miss anything in their yes. lives. Parents out there, you have one time on your children to really influence them and stay connected with them and enjoy every moment, every yes. little step of their lives. Because yes. you know what? Just like we look back and say, I remember my mom did this or my dad did this. They do the same thing. I think we're almost out of time. Are we almost out of time? Yeah, the time went. I think really time went. So now we're going to social media. I didn't get a chance to do closing line there, but that's okay. Uh, because I'll do it here on social media. Oh, I'll do it real quick. Okay. Uh, this is Gilbert Andrew Garcia, Talking Spanish Man, and we'll see you next time. And stay on social media, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you. I think I may have just snuck that in. I think yes. I just snuck it in. Yes, you Thank did. you for saying that. That's very nice of you to say. Um, you know, I think that we're on this planet one time. Yes. If everybody did good stuff, the whole world would be better. Yes. And it's not that hard to do acts of kindness, yes. acts of compassion. It's just not that hard. And uh, no matter what you go through in life, um, it's thinking about what you went through when you focus on helping others all of that pain goes away mm -hmm. and then you're doing something good. So I learned that from my mother, uh, my grandma, she was always feeding people in the community. She was visiting the sick people. She was going to the senior citizen homes. She was always helping the, the younger generation. And, um, I, I, now when I'm doing that here in the community, it, I just feel like I'm, uh, you just get the love from yeah. the people. Is your, is your grandma with us or no? No. Well, she's you know what? I, I have a feeling she's up in heaven right now yes. saying, that's my girl. That's my Daisy. Yeah. I just know it. And she's saying, you know, way to go. And then when, and then when you're doing that, you find other people like you, you know, we, during the pandemic, how many food drives we did. Oh, my goodness. And it was so amazing to see all the people coming into the line and yeah. being able to hug them and just tell them um, it, everything is going to be OK. What's interesting is some people, the cynics say things like, oh, well, they're just freeloaders or they don't want to work. It's not true. No. When you see people in line for four hours, five hours 
for free food because that's how long they were in line in their cars. You know they're hurting. It's real. Uh, And they're still hurting. And with all the, we think about, well, the economy's so strong and unemployment's so low, but you know what? There's still a lot of people hurting. So it's not helping everybody equally. And that's the key. For those that somehow are not participating, we have an obligation to lift them up and help them. Yes. And, and then it's easy to judge people. But uh, the, uh, Jordan, when she calls, when you travel the world and you see what other countries are going through, you learn compassion, you learn how to understand. And when I see the news and people judging the people that are at the border, they don't, you don't know what you're going right. through. Those people are going through tough times. You know, we don't want to come here just because we want to come here. That's right. You can imagine how awful it must be yes. for them to go through everything that they're doing. And, of course, they look at the Statue of Liberty. Give me your, your, your I don't even know what the words are anymore. You're poor, you're hungry, you're all that. Well, that's what they're thinking. Well, this is our way out of, you know, poverty and uh, and we would have welcoming arms. Well, I don't know what happened to all that. But at the end of the day, um, I want to give you the last word because tell us again about the two festivals, and tell us how people can get involved in the Texas Democratic Women's. Yeah, um, the first festival this coming Sunday is the Herencia Hispana from noon to uh, 10 p.m., and please come and celebrate um, our heritage, and uh, it's going to be amazing. The second festival, it's on October 23rd. We are celebrating the Salvadorian community here in Houston, so it's going to be from noon to 10 p.m. And um, we have Texas Democratic Women. Um, if Mauricio can help me put it on the screen, uh, you can join. It's called, it's $20 to become a member. Come on. Yes. Everybody should join. Yes. Let's join because yeah. it's all about women, women's empowerment, women get.